friends, we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings, Voice of America listeners. This is VOA Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the February 7th edition of the Sunny Side of Sports. Coming up on Wednesday's show, we'll preview the semifinal matches at the Africa Cup of Nations football tournament in Ivory Coast. A South African mixed martial arts fighter is earning international accolades. A birthday salute for a South Africa-born basketball star. But we begin in Ghana, which is preparing to host next month's African Games. The multi-sports jamboree is scheduled from March 8th to March 23rd. Yawafusu Larbi caught up with Ghana's three-on-three men's and women's basketball teams. And Yao joins us now from Cape Coast, Ghana. Sporty greetings, Yao! Sporty greetings, Sunny. After missing out on the 2019 African Games in Rabat, Ghana's 3x3 male and female basketball teams have been preparing in earnest. The team, mostly filled with students from the tertiary level, began camping in mid-January at the Cape Coast Sports Stadium and the various teams going through multiple drills each day. Team manager Nanae Duman Kata II has been pleased with the help provided by the government in making this happen. Everything has gone smoothly. Uh, for, we, for this type of camping, we, we think that the government has done very well. The ministry and then our CDM who push for this campaign to come on in this Cape Coast. They've done very well. We have good feeding, good accommodation. I mean, training venues readily by the National Sports Authority, who has also in Cape Coast, who has also assisted us with most of the equipment that we are using and the training venues. So far, we, we have a very smooth campaign here in Cape Coast. Spintex Nights a basketball team in Accra. Their coach, Selom Thomas, guided his team through the Accra Basketball League without losing a game last season. He serves as an assistant coach for Team Ghana and has been pleased with the dedication the young athletes have shown so far. Everything, because some of the guys play on the Spintex Nice team, so it's not been so hard, but you could see that they all have the passion to play and for them, the different thing right now for us is the fact that they are representing the country as a whole. They are going to wear Ghana on their jerseys to represent us. So it's a big motivation for them. And so they come to practice every day excited and ready to represent the country the best way they can. Ghana finished 15th on the medal table with 13 medals in 2019. The 3x3 team aims to earn some medals on the board as the nation seeks to surpass their tally in the previous edition. Well, the experience has been good. We have good coaches giving us good techniques, good strategies that will make us ready and represent the country the best way we can. I think everybody knows that we are all in for the gold. Yeah, we are in for the gold. Nothing short of that. Resources have been put in place for us to train more. We have good coaches who have been training us in all aspects that we need to get ready for the game. So I can say everything has been good so far. We are actually preparing well to face... Um, to go to the competition. Yeah. And there's only one expectation. We are going for the gold, so we are putting in all our best to go and get the medal. The journey will be a tough one. Other countries have their eyes on the prize, but Team Ghana is poised 
to get the job done. For the sunny side of sports, this is Yao Fusulabi in Cape Coast. Thanks, Yao. Let's give a sunny side of sports birthday salute to Hall of Fame basketball player Steve Nash. Nash is celebrating his 50th birthday on this Wednesday. He was born in Johannesburg, South Africa, the son of a Welsh mother and an English father who played professional football. Steve Nash is regarded as one of basketball's greatest point guards. He played 18 seasons in the NBA, and he's ranked as one of the top players in league history in three-point shooting, free-throw shooting, total assists, and assists per game. Steve Nash won back-to-back NBA Most Valuable Player Awards in 2005 and 2006. More recently, Nash was the head coach of the NBA's Brooklyn Nets team between 2020 and 2022. Happy 50th birthday, Steve Nash. Seven NBA games Tuesday night in a matchup between two of basketball's greatest big men, Kevin Durant and the Phoenix Suns beat Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Milwaukee Bucks 114-106. to Durant tallied 28 points and 10 rebounds, while Giannis had 34 points and 10 rebounds. The Suns improved their record to 30 wins and 21 losses. The Bucks have 33 victories and 18 defeats. In a game between Florida-based NBA teams, the Miami Heat beat the visiting Orlando Magic 121-95. to The AP's Bruce Morton reports. Miami moved into a tie with the Magic atop the Southeast Division by routing Orlando 121-95. Jimmy Butler led the Heat with 23 points and said on this night, selfless play made the difference. Taking and, and making open shots, not being too unselfish, obviously guarding. Everybody else limiting their turnovers except for myself on um, sharing the basketball. That selfless play resulted in six of Butler's teammates scoring in double digits. Both the Heat and Magic set the pace in their division, each at 27-24. and 24. For Orlando, the defeat ended a three-game win streak. I'm Bruce Morton. Thanks, Bruce. In Indianapolis, Indiana, the newly acquired Cameroonian Pascal Siakam set the pace for the Indiana Pacers in their 132-129 victory over the Houston Rockets. Siakam scored a game-high 29 points as Indiana won its 29th game of the season. The four other winners on Tuesday night in the NBA were New York, Dallas, Chicago, and Utah. In mixed martial arts, the South African Drikas Duplessis is earning accolades after winning the UFC middleweight championship last month in Toronto, Canada. Duplessis defeated American Sean Strickland by split deci- uh, decision at UFC 297. Now, the world title fulfilled a promise that Duplessis made to his father. Myra Nika reports from Durban, South Africa. The fight went the full five rounds, and it was the South African who won a split decision in the end. Twelve years ago, Duplessis became amateur world champion in Slovakia. He made a promise then to his father that he would turn pro and chase the world title in the years to come. I promised my dad that one day I will give him the UFC world, cha- world title. I promised that him to be able to see how proud my dad is of me and all the support and love that my mom and dad has been giving me my whole life, my whole career. And they supported this. They wanted this just as bad as I did. 
and to be able to give them this belt means the absolute world. The South African took up combat sports at the age of five, training in judo and then wrestling. He was also a talented junior rugby player. He talks us through his emotions as he stood next to Strickland, awaiting the results from the judges. Wow, I mean, let's just talk about the emotions I felt when we started hearing one judge, one judge, because I honestly thought I did enough until they that it was a close fight, I'd make no mistake. But I thought I had it. And then when that split decision came, I just went, okay, this is 100% 50-50. And when they said and knew, it was, it felt like 15 years of work, of dreaming, of sacrificing, of everything came together in one single sentence. It was, it's incredible. It feels surreal. It's, it's amazing. But just how did Duplessis get the better of Strickland? a vastly experienced fighter with a renowned defense and boxing ability. Strickland started the better, claiming the first round, executing his big left jab, but Duplessis fought back in the rounds to come to sway the judges in his favor. International award-winning combat sports commentator Simon Stevens believes Duplessis' ability to strike under pressure is what sets him apart on the big stage. And he's always dangerous um, when his back's up against the cage. You saw it in the, the Brad Tavares fight. I think you saw it in the Marcus Perez fight. I think that's probably his first fight in the UFC. You know, his back is against the cage and he knocks his opponent out. It's just whenever he comes across against a faster, more technical, better, stronger opponent, it's just impossible to put him away. And I think... How many fights has he had? You look at the record, I think it's 20, this is his 27th fight, and it's the first time, perhaps, I think he's gone the distance, you know, into the, the final round, because he's just put his opponents away. Just no one has been able to put him away um, because he's got that just incredible farm strength. The man they call Still Knox made his debut in the Ultimate Fighting Championship, the world's foremost mixed martial arts promotion company, back in 2020. He's notched up an impressive record since winning all six of his fights before he got into the hexagon to rumble with Strickland. He says valuable time in the ring has helped him find a home in the UFC. Yeah, nothing changed. I just got my ring time. I just got my octagon time and um, settled, settled, found a home in the UFC. Like I said, that's what I need. Found a home. We, we had some problems um, in terms of the conditioning, which we fixed. I feel incredible. I think it's just about finding your feet in that octagon and accepting and believing that you're one of the best in the world. South Africa's very own MMA promotion company, the Extreme Fighting Championship, where Duplessis was the middleweight champion, has led the way for the sport on the continent. But according to Stevens, beyond the EFC, the sport has struggled to grow in South Africa due to a lack of commercial support. He's hoping Duplessis' victory will be a catalyst for change. The best thing about Dricus Duplessis' uh, title win is perhaps corporate South Africa will wake up and realise, hold on a minute, this is a growing sport. Um, South Africans are great at this. South Africans are getting a global reach because of, uh, of this win. Uh, perhaps it's got a bit more respectability than um, kind of the corruption that's happened in the mainstream sports codes that dominate the sponsorship and, and broadcast uh, opportunities available today. What's next for Duplessis as title holder? 
In his post-fight interview, he called out former champion Israel Adesanya. The New Zealand fighter has not fought since he lost his title to Strickland last September. It's not personal at all. That's just the fight the fans want to see. Uh, I want to fight the best competition. There's a lot of guys that can be fighting, but the fans want to see Israel Adesanya versus Ricky Stuplessis. You know, there's a lot of hype that was already built on it. If the fans go, if there's some way they start tracking and saying, listen, the fans don't really want to see Adesanya versus Duplessis. If we don't do that fight, makes, it's fine to me. I, have, I don't care who it is. But that's just a fight on top of my head that I think the people want to see, and that's going to you know, get a lot of people excited. There are talks that the fight between Duplessis and Adesanya could take place at UFC 300 a landmark event for the U.S. company, potentially headlined by two of the sport's biggest names at the moment. For the sunny side of sports, this is Myra Nika in Durban, South Africa. Go Boca! Follow the sunny side of sports on Facebook, X, formerly known as Twitter, and at voaafrica.com. My Facebook address is facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny. My X, formerly known as Twitter handle, is at VOA Sunny Sports. And if you go to voaafrica.com, you can listen online to the sunny side of sports as well as past episodes. Check out voaafrica.com for lots of Africa news. For world news, go to voanews.com. Africa Cup of Nations football on the sunny side of sports. Semifinal matches will be played Wednesday evening in Ivory Coast. Joining us now for some Nations Cup insights is my VOA colleague, Muck Bill Yabaro. Sporty AFCON greetings, Muck Bill. Sporty AFCON greetings, Sonny. What's going on? The Super Eagles of Nigeria getting ready to play Bafana Bafana of South Africa in the first semifinal. Taking a look at the score sheets, Muckbill, the Super Eagles drew with Equatorial Guinea, one all in their opening uh, group match, and since then they've posted four consecutive clean sheets. Defense, a strong point for the Super Eagles. Yeah, definitely. Uh, they've shown us uh, that in this competition, uh, they have a very, very strong back line. This is something coming into the tournament that a lot of um, analysts uh, and fans alike had thought was their weakest uh, position. If we look at it, we, we have so much uh, big-name star players uh, in their front in their midfield, in their defense, it's not as star-studded. So that's why a ton of people may have thought that, you know, that was going to be their weakest point. But, you know, they've shown that they have a lot of class back there. Uh, so shout-out to the Super Eagles and their defense and their goalkeeping as well. 
Bafana. Bafana has also shown strength in goalkeeping, especially in that uh, last match against Cape Verde, Muckbill. Uh, record for, for saves by the South African goalkeeper. I, I mean, just based on these results, I mean, do you expect maybe a low-scoring semifinal? It, it could be one of those ones, but uh, if we also look at both of these teams and what they've done and how they've created uh, opportunities for themselves, I don't think it's been a lack of uh, um, opportunity. It's been more of a lack of uh, efficiency for either team. So both teams have the ability to create offense in smaller spaces. It just hasn't been uh, them being able to capitalize on a lot of those opportunities. So look to see, you know, some of these big big-time players making big-time uh, plays in the semifinals. You, you're not in the semifinals to play around. You're here for a very, very serious reason. And South <laughs> Africa versus Nigeria, two giants on the continent in every aspect. Uh, it would be very, very interesting to see who comes out of this one on top. Now, Muckbill, the match will be played in Boake, and a large number of Nigerian fans are expected to... Uh, if not pack that stadium, to be in that stadium. Home field advantage to the Super Eagles, it looks like. It seems that way, but uh, seeing what Bafana Bafana has done, it has shown me that it doesn't really matter who is They're going to find a way to get it done. Um, and to me, that shows a different level of professionalism when you don't have 12 men necessarily to, to come in and assist you and give you all that you know praise in the fandom. and You can hear your fans screaming and cheering for you. When you're hearing, you know, fans booing you every time you mm. get the ball, if you're able to kind of turn that off or use that in a way to silence the crowd, uh, for some players, you know, they like playing that villain role. So we'll see what, what Bafana Bafana <laughs> does with the Nigerians roaring in Boake. The second semifinal on Wednesday evening, Muckbill, will be in the Ivorian commercial capital of Abidjan, the elephants of Ivory Coast will go up against the Leopards of the Democratic Republic of Congo. The Elephants' dramatic journey to the semifinals, Muckbill. Last-minute winner against Mali in the quarterfinals. Uh, and that was at, you know playing half the game with 10 men. Uh, just an amazing, amazing performance to make it this far. You can't write this script any better, Sonny. You know, you have one of their top premier defenders – basically cause an initial handball that wasn't ruled against them, right? Mm. Then the second one, he actually gets a yellow card for a penalty kick. Their goalie, Bofana, uh, Fofana, blocks the penalty kick. Then a second yellow for uh, Kosana, who's their defender, um, goes out. He's on a red. They play almost, what, 70 minutes? Almost, wow. uh, you know, in the first in the game with down 10 men are able to equalize. Unbelievable. You know, and then they're able to to go up and win with like a minute, maybe the last or second last possession in extra time able to score. And uh, but in dramatic fashion, the goal scorer takes his shirt off, gets <laughs> gets another yellow, gets a red and will not be playing in today's game. So it's like... Come on. I seen one of their one of their other players was trying to pull his shirt down like, come on, you know this is about to happen. He's like, man, get this shirt <laughs> off me, man. But uh yeah, this has been one of the best stories uh in AFCON so far uh for the host nation. They were the very last team to make it through to the knockout phase. 
Um, so I'm excited to see what they do. But look, DRC has had a stellar competition. Uh, we were speaking about it just now as well. Players are kind of playing for maybe something more than football, you know, with some challenges, uh, difficulties happening in East Congo. That The players are standing in solidarity with their people out there. So maybe this means something more for them than football. So we'll see. We'll see what happens in that game, man. Taking a look at the AFCON history books, Muckbill, all four of the remaining teams in the tournament uh, have have lifted the Nations Cup trophy, but it is DR Congo that's gone the longest without getting their hands on it. 50 years. We have to go back to 1974 since uh, DR Congo lifted the Nations Cup. So maybe, maybe some sentimental feeling for those Congolese. Absolutely, Sonny. Uh, first off, when you just said 50 years and you said the 70s, why do I still feel like the 70s was 30 years ago? <laughs> <laughs> right? I thought about it. I'm like, I'm like I, I think I've seen that somewhere on like on like X or something where I'm like, wow, it still definitely feels yeah, like 50 yeah, years. That's pretty wild. Uh, <laughs> but man, <laughs> okay, just aged myself there too. I got in the mix. But uh, yeah, definitely, man. Uh, I think DR Congo, maybe this might be their time to do it, but I think Every single team left in this competition is a uh, is a team worthy of lifting that cup. And to be honest with you, Sonny, there's going to be so much bragging rights with this competition because I think this has been the best Afcon that I've seen in some time, uh, and that says a lot because the game of football has been so elevated. Um, and this is one of those competitions where. People that normally don't watch Africa Cup of Nations are tuned in. I, I agree. Right? I, I think uh, I think this is maybe it will go down as the most exciting yeah. Nations Cup yeah. ever. Yeah. Uh, earlier this week, Muck Bill, I think the uh, CAF Technical Committee they appeared at a news conference uh, and they basically said they're getting a lot of positive comments from fans yeah. and, and officials and, and players. Yeah. That this has been a really exciting Nations Cup. Yeah. The the players that play you know in other clubs in bigger clubs more prestigious areas maybe in like europe or such uh have really come down and wanted to play for their home nations in mm. africa and i think this is also kind of like the beginning of we might start seeing a ton of players that we know that are maybe that have dual citizenships that have the ability to play for you know two countries maybe a european country as well as an african country maybe see some of these players come down and start playing uh, a lot more for these african uh uh countries uh there's a young player by the name of kobe uh, mayno who just started a game recently actually for manchester united scored a winning goal for them uh this past weekend young young man is only 18 years old and i believe he can play for England and Ghana as well. Wow. So, okay. you know, eligibility for, for Ghana, you know, Ghana has Mohamed Kudus, but maybe they were lacking in some specific places. And if they get maybe some of these, you know, you know, top quality players uh, to come down and play for them, maybe that might change their luck in the next AFCON uh, or maybe even just next competitions, really. We've talked a lot about Victor Oseman in this tournament, Muckbill, the, uh, the reigning African footballer of the year, but one of his teammates, Ademola Lukman, uh, he's near the top of the Nations Cup scoring charts. Yeah, he has three goals at the moment, and he is only, uh, he's in a fourth position, but he's uh, the leading scorer in that is still in competition. So at the moment, it's, I believe, in Suez at top, and then uh, Mustafa... 
uh, Muhammad from Egypt, and um, the last one is uh, Dala from Angola. So those three are above him, but he's the only one that can still add to his tally. So we'll see <laughs> if he can add to the tally today, um, and if they are able to get through to the finals uh he'll still have one more opportunity as long as he you know doesn't get maybe two two yellows or a red or something along those lines he's a <laughs> phenomenal player plays for uh, the Serie A team uh Atalanta so uh he's he's one of those players that you know plays in Europe uh and came down and wanted to play for for Super Eagles yeah l- like that Ghanaian player you mentioned he he was eligible to play for England absolutely but he chose uh the Super Eagles yeah so. yeah so th- th- this is it's, it's starting to happen a lot more um and kind of it kind of just balances things I think because the European clubs are not going to be without quality because all the acad- academies are there the infrastructure is still there so all the players that are coming out from England uh, you know from academies all the way up are still going to be eligible to play for England but some of these players that maybe have dual citizenships or their parents are from the continent uh, don't have the infrastructure built just yet at that level so it would be helpful to have players of that caliber come down to kind of balance the powers a little bit. Well, Muckbill, uh, I'm not going to put you on the spot in terms of predictions, but maybe we should just say good luck to the Super Eagles, good luck to Bafana Bafana, hey, good le- luck to the Leopards, and good luck to the Elephants. I will say this, you know, for, for, for that initial game, Bafana Bafana versus the Super Eagles, that's two of our colleagues and, and our co-hosts for the podcast, Kali Abdu versus Mike Hovey. Yes. You know, so I'm going to be watching it with them. So I want to see one of them is going to be happy tomorrow on the pod and one of them isn't. So <laughs> you'll definitely hear about it tomorrow. And that's right. Kick it AFCON. That's our uh, special podcast devoted to African football's premier event. Uh, we're getting ready to tape episode four. Muck Bill, yours truly, Mike Hove, Kali Abdu, and Coach, Coach Sam. Sam Sasu will all be on that panel looking back at the semifinals and looking ahead to the final. We've got a few minutes left, Muck Bill. I gave Steve Nash a birthday salute earlier in the show. Uh, Nash celebrating his 50th birthday and, uh, I have fond memories when I look back on him, uh, you know, dribbling up, dribbling the ball up the court, all those passes he used to make. Uh, some thoughts on Steve Nash. Yeah, Steve Nash, uh, legendary point guard, man. He's going to go down as one of the greatest. Uh, he, uh, It's so interesting when you watch Nash play because he played in an era with so many dominating guards that were, like, ridiculously athletic, right? You had the Tracy McGrady's, the Vince Carter's, uh, the Kobe Bryant's. You know, so when you think these guards versus Steve Nash and the way that he played, it was so unique because, you know, and they also started that D'Antoni style, uh, Coach D'Antoni and th- that Phoenix Suns run yeah. started that push offense that yep. really I think the Golden State Warriors adopted after the fact. If I'm not mistaken, I believe Steve Kerr was part of operations in Phoenix okay. during that time. Okay. So to have him kind of see it and then like, you know, incorporate that style to the Golden State Warriors uh, is something that... Uh, Really, it really started with them. I remember, St- uh, what was it, Stoudemire, Stod- Amari Stoudemire. Uh, Stoudemire. Uh, there was also uh, Barbosa was on that team. Sean Marion. So this was a collective team that a lot of athletes, a, a lot of a lot of people loved those Phoenix Suns teams and really thought that they should have done better than what they did. But fortunately for them, they didn't really play defense. Now, look, Bill, <laughs> uh, the birthday boy, Steve Nash. Uh, had a kind of a, a, a mixed results with the Nets as a coach. 
Do you see Nash uh, getting rehired in the NBA as a head coach? To be honest with you, I think Steve Nash is, is, is an excellent basketball mind. I think, though, he should have taken more of a conventional route in maybe an assistant role uh, prior to taking mm. the big job. Uh, I think he was one of the few, um, you know, superstars to have just gotten the opportunity kind of handed to him. Yeah, it was. Right? I, I, and, and and then it's also like he also had to like manage three big stars as well. At the time it was KD, Kyrie, and James Harden. That has you to know, be difficult. It's very difficult because like to be honest, I think almost all of them, maybe with the exception of Kyrie, might end up higher than Steve Nash in like the greats and you know, James Harden, you know, is gonna go down as one of the greatest even if people don't want to say it, right. he will. Right. And Kevin Durant, you know where Kevin Durant is. So I think it's difficult to manage those type of players. Even though they respect Steve, you know, Steve didn't have that coaching pedigree, maybe like a Pop or a Phil Jackson that Good could point. have been able to maybe move them around a little bit. So, uh, yeah, that's, those, that's my two cents right there. Well, happy birthday, Steve Nash. And I want to thank producer and VOA sports reporter Muckbill Yabaro. Thanks also to VOA engineer Peter Hundley. And thank you for tuning in. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. Enjoy those Nations Cup semifinals this evening in Ivory Coast. Nigeria versus South Africa. And that will be followed by the home team, Ivory Coast going up against the Democratic Republic of Congo. Nation's Cup excitement! I'm VOA Sonny Young in Washington, and that's the sunny side of sports.